0: Let me try and take you to the Philippine Pavilion at the Venice Art Biennale in Italy. As you enter the space, you will hear the drone of a sogna, a chant by the Kalinga people of the north. You'll hear the clacking of looms. On the floor, you'll find fabrics, sound made visible, objects that we can see and touch. You'll also see videos of lips and mouths as you're embraced by sound. I don't want to mangle the title, so here's Yael Buencamino Borromeo, co-curator of the pavilion.
1: The title of the exhibition is Anditaku Esana Amungtaku Disana, which translated into English is All of Us Present, This Is Our Gathering. The title was inspired by the lyrics of sogna which is a Cordilleran chant in the Madukayan dialect, which is sung during gatherings. Mm-hmm.
0: In this B-Side episode, Yael and co-curator Arvin Flores speak with michelle Ann P. Soleiman about the Venice Art Biennale, the granddaddy of all international art exhibitions. Since it was founded in 1895, it's been held every two years, and it features what the world has to offer in architecture, visual arts, music, dance, theater, and film. The Philippines first participated in 1964, and the country was represented by the paintings of national artist Jose Hoya, and the sculptures of Napoleon Abueva. After the Department of Foreign Affairs, or the DFA, and the National Commission for Culture and the Arts, or NCCA, in partnership with the Office of Senator Lauren Legarda announced an open call for curatorial proposals in 2014, the Philippines ended its 50-year hiatus from the international exhibition and returned in 2015. And this year, the Philippine Pavilion features a collaborative project by visual artist Gerardo Otan or Jerry, ethnomusicologist Felicidad A. E. Prudente, and Ifoga Weaver Sammy N. Bule. And that project is what we are talking about in this B-Side episode.
2: For our listeners who are not very familiar of what it is, can you give a brief description of the event itself and its significance? I
1: guess the trite description for the Venice Biennale is that it is the Olympics of the art world. I think it's described that way because things are displayed in national pavilions. So unlike other biennales where the participation of people is on an artist or curator level, in this biennale They are presented in national pavilions. It started in the 1800s and has since then, every two years, except during World War II, I think, been the place where countries showcase their their contemporary art the,
3: what they think is the best of their contemporary art so what is Venice Biennale it's it's exactly like that the olympics of art it's truly an, an honor and a very significant that we are participating it's really like an international representation of our country so we, we don't want to go back to all these like notions like, oh, we're in this, you know, Southeast Asian region, what is the Philippines? Do we have like a national identity in the arts? 490% of this process, which actually is what the essence of what the project is, Talk about communication, interconnectivity, and building communities. So that is for me it's like the significance of this project in this global Olympics uh, for art.
1: I think one of the important things to note though is that unlike the Olympics, which is very competitive and about winning prizes, the great thing about the Biennale is it feels very um, collegial and friendly where artists and curators from the different pavilions visit each other and discuss their presentations there. So it feels more like a conference or a reunion than it does like a competitive event.
2: Did Sir Jerry start working on the selected installation before the pandemic or even prior to the idea of submitting it as an entry to the Biennale?
1: Jerry's been working on the project since 2016. Began with a visit to a weaving house in Miagao, Iloilo, where he became fascinated with the weaving sounds. And he's been working on the project since then without even thinking about this Biennale project. He showed it in 2019 in the Vargas Museum, an early iteration of it.
3: The project has been in progress since 2016, 2017, born from the fieldwork of Fe, Jerry, actually. And even before that, because, I mean, Jerry has been doing this type of project, uh, maybe because as a painter, you're always concerned about like transmuting meaning into images. What kind of languages can can you invent in order to express you know, your ideas, your emotions, and whatnot. So it's, he's always, like, deconstructing his discipline, which is painting. At one point, he was able to discuss this project with Fe about translating sound, uh, going into, like, the weaving houses, and he had this notion, right? Like, what if the weavings actually came from the sound of the looms rather than working with, with a set pattern? So that kind of intrigued him, basically. And then his mind was just working, okay, maybe we can just disperse this into like videos. And that's kind of like the genesis of the whole project, unraveling one form into another. It was a very unique time because two years ago, right smack in the middle of the pandemic, uh, maybe the beginning of the pandemic, it's more like, okay, how can we present these ideas to, to more like a global audience. How can we build communities? Then we had this notions of like, that the world is kind of strange right now. There's like this idea of presence and absence. We, we turn around, there's so many people suffering. I mean, I don't need to elaborate, you know, the pandemic, but that's kind of like this idea. Yeah. And so how can we reach out? We're going to present this to the world. We want to have a sense of communication. We want to invite them. And it's also like being an honor, A, uh, to represent the country, and and B, it's like being glad that we're still around. So those were the things that kind of played into the title of the exhibit. Going back into the materials, uh, the Sogna is a chant of discursivity, beckoning. So we, we thought this is perfect. We're going to go out into to Venice. We're going to represent the country. We want to invite people to have a dialogue with us. Uh, they'll, they'll see all this like strange language, strange sounds. So it, it, it's kind of exciting to, to do all that.
2: Where did Sir Jerry meet Sammy who did the weaving of the looms? I can read Jerry's answer for that one. Jerry says, I sought
1: out Fe Prudente at the UP Diliman College of Music because I needed a professional musicologist to do the notations for the sound recordings, for the notations to be translated into weave. fair I, that's Jerry, went to Ifugao and sought out Sami Bule upon the advice of Dr. Ikin Salvador Amores, curator of the Museo Cordillera in New It was 2016, when Jerry first went to the weaving house. Soon after that, it was the very first, I think, iteration of that. Project he exhibited at a space in California. It was several of his works that he exhibited, the spin paintings and the first iteration of this one, which was called Hablon Redux. And it was called the Hublon Redux because the weaver was weaving a Hublon fabric in Iloilo. The person that made the weave wasn't Sammy yet. And it only had um, one video screen, one monitor as part of its um, presentation. It's very interesting, actually, to see how the project developed over the years and with the different people that Jerry worked with and the different spaces where he was given the opportunity to show it how it was elaborated upon for each of those
2: spaces. What criteria did the jurors have to consider in choosing which gets selected to represent this year?
1: It's a fairly general call to make a presentation of contemporary art that responds to the times. Developing concepts that are sensitive and responsive to current realities and that reveal contradictions and offer space for deep introspection.
3: We were kind of honest in saying uh, that we're not gonna go in and try to win like a beauty contest. It's really a conceptual project. And it's also a very tricky project because we're dealing with traditional forms, weaving. We have a long tradition of weaving and we are kind of like accustomed of how our uh, textiles look like. And so actually that's kind of like one of the challenges of the project. People expect a certain type of pattern but what Jerry and Fay and Sammy were doing, they are inventing a unique sense of language, a creative language in that sense. In, in a way, kind of like I'm fond of what uh, Yael had said before. It's like this embodied, tacit knowledge. It, it's like oral tradition, like language. It changes what, how it means, how it sounds, but essentially it's there. So it's like transitive. It's mutative. So it's evolutionary in, in that sense. True language is... So those are the things that we were kind of like thinking during the the proposal stage. It's it's like, how can we convey? It's like sound. Sound is so universal. How can we turn that into a design? Which is basically what Fe and Jerry were all like thinking about. And this is where Sammy comes in. It's not like just, I'll pass you a potato and then you'll transform it to french fries and then have a hamburger. It's nothing like that. It's more like there's an open system. It's a collaborative system. So there's the sound, Jerry and Fay would like say, Okay, let's create like a transcription of this, a notation sound notation, and Sammy can look at the designs and then he can apply his weaving techniques. Uh, even Sammy is like, Oh, this is quite different from what I, I would usually do. Typically a weaver, you would just get a sense of pattern and then you would just do your mathematical computations in your head and then voila, you have like, so they are iterative. We're asked, the project is really, okay, it's more like problem solving. Uh, Even Sammy said before, like, oh, I have to dream how I would go about initiating the weave." So in that sense, it's very organic. It's very creative. It's also very tricky. And that's kind of like the challenge of the whole project.
2: Did Sammy ever worry or did he raise any concerns about veering away from his usual practice?
3: Um, I know, I'm just going to quickly say that creation is also chaotic. It's always like opening an abyss and looking at the void. It's a very existential thing. So it's not like a straight translation wherein one thing comes out into the other. So in, in Sammy's case, actually, when he converse with Jerry and Fe in terms of the design, there's always like a leeway of invention. So it becomes like this open system of communication.
1: Just to add to that, I think that it was very brave and open on Sammy's part that he agreed to be a part of this project because precisely because it's not something that he's normally used to. But he took on the challenge of working with Peh and Jerry on something that he hadn't encountered before. And like any creative person also, there was like one textile where he did it a couple of times because he wasn't happy with the way he rendered it the first time. So he worked on it again to get it the way he wanted it to be.
2: Tell us about the international reception of the audience's I think some of the most
1: gratifying moments were when artists from other pavilions would come up to us and tell us how much the project resonated with them. Jerry and I were pleasantly surprised by the Chilean artists when we were walking towards the Chilean pavilion. One of the artists came up to Jerry and said, are you Gerardo? I just came from your pavilion and I really, really like project that you did there. It feels enriching when other artists come into the pavilion, like, and different components of the exhibition, I think, resonate with different people. So, when I was in the pavilion one day, the person who did the sound design, yeah, the sound installation for the Argentine pavilion, came and said, I love this project. I love that you're working with the sound. I love that it's getting such prominence in, in a platform like this. And then other people who are interested in weaving, appreciate the contemporary presentation of the crafts. Overall, I think that people get what we're trying to do. I have to admit that I think it is a better scene during the run of the exhibition rather than during the preview. Those three days are kind of a manic rush in the Biennale. Like everyone who's there is rushing to see everything that's there. So they spent a couple of minutes and try to get a sense of the exhibition. But during the run of the exhibition, there is more time for people to walk around and it's not as full. The first three days of the Biennale are super full. And the succeeding days, It's calmer, it's more quiet. People are really able to walk around, watch the videos, listen to the sound. So it has been a good experience to sit in the pavilion and see the regular audience and their reactions to the pavilion. Because even the regular audience, who are not artists or curators, do come up to us and ask about the work, talk about the work. There is interest because it's not what they expect I guess from a, a
3: building in the Biennale I, I think we're also very cognizant of that no? when we're like uh, doing the whole project the full year of those of preparing for the Biennale it's always like this spectacle you, you always need to be bombastic I mean going back to my fun phrase of it's, it's not a beauty pageant mm-hmm. art is always supposed to like shape the world maybe that's a very romantic and almost traditional thing to say. But in these uncertain times, perhaps we need like to slow down, question things, and actually experience things. That's kind of like where we're also at as a nation, not to be in a rush, but always like to think things out and be patient and know ourselves.
1: And I think that people do appreciate that opportunity to slow down. It has a, the exhibition has kind of a meditative feel to it, especially when you're hearing the song throughout the space. And then the drone of the looms. And I think another aspect that people appreciate about it is that idea of being able to walk around from monitor to monitor and hearing different sounds, having different experiences when you're in different parts of the exhibition space. That's one of those things that was lost during the pandemic where you experience everything two-dimensionally through a screen. It was also very important for Jerry that people feel like they were within the space of the artwork and that they were a part of that space. So it is wonderful that we have this
2: space in the pavilion to give that to people. How important is Philippine representation or national representation in events such as the Biennale?
3: Very important for the whole world to see what we're doing, who we are, what we are. We're always bragging like, the talent is always like world class, but it's always gratifying to kind of like prove it that it's really world class. More, more than that, we also need essentially like local support. It's extremely important that it can be seen on the local level. We need to see art.
1: And just to address the part about the international representation, I do think that it's really important for us to participate in exhibitions like this because they provide artists and curators with a platform to engage with the international art community. The Venice Biennale does provide people with a glimpse of what Philippine contemporary art would be like because really everybody goes to the Venice Biennale. Like everybody who's interested in art is probably there in the first three days of the Venice Biennale and These are people that might not normally come to the Philippines to see the art that we have in the Philippines. So this is one way in which we can give them a glimpse of what our artists in the Philippines are doing. It takes countries that are the so-called peripheries of the international art world and places them on the same stage as everybody else, giving everyone that opportunity to, to see what different countries have to offer. And it is really interesting even for like Asians, for like people like us who maybe see the work of other Southeast Asians, but you don't normally see exhibits by South Americans or from African countries. It broadens our perspective of what contemporary art practice is like. Part of the reason that the Department of Foreign Affairs and NCCA encourages this kind of participation because it Is a way for second-generation Filipinos in Italy and even first-generation Filipinos in Italy to engage with the Philippine art community. It provides them with an idea of what Philippine contemporary art is like, but more importantly, it gives them that idea that Philippine culture is not homogenous, that there are many different manifestations of Philippine culture. It gives them another connection to the country that Normally, they connect to food or language, but this gives them another medium to connect
3: through. It's, it's really important to show abroad in, in this case because there are actually collisions of discourses. They are like official discourse and marginal discourse. I think it, it becomes really intriguing, almost political in that sense. What is art? You know, it's, it's very tame. It's, we don't understand what it is. But it's it's exactly the best arena we're in. We can ask all these questions.
0: And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Yael Buencamino Borromeo and Arvin Flores, co-curators of the Philippine Pavilion at the 59th Venice Art Biennale 2022. Art is not just about what. It's about process. The hows and whys of what you're seeing or what you're hearing. The Philippine Pavilion wants to raise questions about communication and connection, things that were disrupted in the years leading up to the opening of the Biennale. This episode was recorded remotely on April 28. It was produced by Earl R. Lagundino and me, Sam L. Marcelo. Thanks for listening.